All right, folks, welcome to the Eric Anders Lang Show. We've got a great guest for you today. And before I get into that, though, I want to let you know that this show, the Eric Anders Lang Show, is proudly presented by our friends at Precision Pro Golf. And from now until April 11th, get $20 off the entire Precision Pro lineup. And the RGC Rangefinder is still $40 off and is centered around the return of golf season and the Masters. Two quick points about Precision Pro. Customer service, free batteries for life, two-year warranty. A fellow golfer is answering your calls and emails. They've been partners with us since 2018. So without further ado, go to PrecisionProGolf.com and enter the code ERIC. It's E-R-I-K. That's for those of you who don't know how to spell Eric's that's name. That's how we spell it. Yeah, it's yeah. with a K. That's the right way to spell it. Chad spells his name with a C. Let's get into Chad. Today we got a great show. I'm really excited to introduce you guys to Chad Wesley Smith. So this cat is, uh, honestly, can I just start with strong man, avid golfer. Um, the guy's won two national championships in the shot put, and he's the founder uh, and owner of Juggernaut Training System, which is a big deal. That uh, was a big deal in terms of changing the way content um, affected training. And uh, it's still a big deal. And now they've got like an AI program that he talks about in the show. We talk a lot about Bryson. We talk about his game. We talk about growing a brand, online coaching. Uh, I mean, what else do we get into? We get into other pro athletes and golf, golf, golf. Yeah. And we also talk about the ideal breaking series with pro yeah you don't want to miss that was that a great idea yeah. yeah he had a pretty insightful concept he wants to be in the breaking series but he also has an idea about the breaking series it's pretty good um yeah and chad's just a sweet guy he doesn't come off like his 300 pound six one and at 300 pounds he's light he considers himself light right now yeah and his knees are bigger than our heads yeah i mean i have met adult-sized humans that have waists that are smaller than his knees is <laughs> one knee um his his knee is a size 28 <laughs> But again, uh, total teddy bear and a pretty great conversation. Yeah. So enjoy the chat with Chad Wesley Smith. See you on the flip side. Um, all right, Chad. So you're visiting Austin. We're here to talk about maybe, I think it's still quite a topic ultimately, but uh, ultimately, how would you characterize the Bryson topic? Is it is it about strength? Well, what is the Bryson topic really about when it comes to golf? You know, the as I watched him making this transformation, the first thing that occurred to me was like, this is a mistake. It is, in fact, not the way to swing a golf club the hardest, because as you guys will see when we're on the simulator later, being really big and strong doesn't help that much. Like a golf club is so light. The point of diminishing returns on like body weight and maximal strength is very early. And when you look at you know, Rory, I was watching that, that Rory, uh, the tailor-made team was doing the long drive contest and he's carrying what, 350 and Rory's five, eight, one sixty, Yeah. Maybe like, and there, there were even times, uh, when Bryson won us open and he was playing with Matt Wolf in that, in that group, Matt Wolf was out driving him. Like, so I, I think he could have taken a more efficient route to doing what he did and maybe with some of the injuries that he's having right now is paying the price for that a bit. So because you're ultimately your experience in working with your body and growing your body for the sole purpose of strength training. I mean, you're six, one, you said you're six, one, 300 right now, and that's small for you. Relatively. I mean, it, to when, the biggest I've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. You, when you're training, you're 360. Yeah, like peak powerlifting shape, but that was six years ago. Okay. Um, so, y y you, so, but then did your opinion change based on like what you know about strength training and what you know about golf after a, a early Bryson changes? Because it happened very rapidly, remember? Yeah, I, I think that that's another tough piece to it as well. And probably part of the reason why he's getting even better results now than he was two years ago as, you know, ball speed and everything's getting higher. But, my, my real background is a sport performance coach. Uh, you know, I have Olympians in track and field that I've worked with, USA bobsled, MMA, jiu-jitsu, all these like really explosive sports. And even myself, when I was throwing the shot put and I couldn't squat or bench or deadlift near what I did at peak powerlifting, I for sure could swing a golf club way, way harder. Even the former world record holder in the shot put switched to long drive for a bit when he was on a doping ban, uh, a guy named Randy Barnes, but we'll talk to Randy. Yeah. 
He was a uh, an Aggie. So okay. Oh, well, he's right around the corner. Yeah, not too far away. Um, but yeah, you know, with, with that idea, like when you're swinging a what, pound and a half, a two pound golf club, what's the difference between if you can squat 300 pounds or 500 pounds? Right. You know, two pounds is so insignificant. It's, and the energy it would take to go from 300 to 500 is very significant. So it's much more about, you know, the, the neural aspects of like really high speed training being strong enough, but you know, the golf swing, if, if you have the flexibility to rotate five more degrees than someone like me who just cannot rotate that way, you know, now have that much more distance to accelerate the club and like golf and shot putting are very, very similar in a, a the technique, the way like you're blocking the front side leg, rotating the back hip, rotating and extending simultaneously. And even the shot put, which is certainly characterized as like a true strength sport and no one is winning a world championship in the shot put without being extremely strong. Even that 16 pound shot put compared to a guy who bench presses 550. And there's even like room for debate in that community of like, how strong do you really need to be? Interesting. And if people are worried about how strong you need to be for this 16 pound thing, what about this two pound implement? Right. You know, but we saw it work for Bryson, didn't we? He's, he's definitely, or or did we, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's for sure hitting the ball farther and swinging harder. That's also seems to be the main focus of everything that he's doing is swinging as hard as possible. And even with that, I mean, how much bigger is he than Kyle Berkshire? 50 pounds body weight. Yeah. You know, same ish height and Berkshire still 20, 25 miles an hour ball speed ahead of him. Jesus. It's insane. It's also worth pointing out that when Bryson won at Wingfoot, it was the putting that won it for him. If anything, he's taking more aggressive lines and making this big play that you don't need to be in the fairway. Yeah. Rather than just bombing it. Yeah. Yeah, he did some great putting that week. It's a hard, it's a hard situation. So, so backing up a little bit, you um, you had some introduction to golf early in your life, but t- twenty nineteen was when it really stuck for you. You were a year early. Everyone got into yeah. golf in the pandemic. What happened? How did you find golf to be a three-day-a-week sport for you then? Um, you know, just being done with powerlifting at that point, and I had uh, I started training jiu-jitsu in 2017, which is something I'd done strength and conditioning and coaching for, for since we opened. Uh, even this morning, I was saying I trained with our first, our very first client lives out here in Austin now, so it was fun to train with him. But... Jiu-jitsu was kind of taking its toll on the body and as lifting had done for a decade before that. And I was like, yeah, maybe something a little bit less physically demanding, a little something a bit more relaxing. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was golf. And, you know, I live in Orange County. We have a ton of great courses and it was just fun. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's such a different challenge than let me put a thousand pounds on my back and get fired up and, and be, you know, slapping myself in the face going crazy to this much more cerebral, you know, the sports psychology part of golf has been a really interesting thing for me and even be able to take some of those ideas and apply them to lifters that I coach has been cool. But yeah, it's just a just never ending challenge and you get to go to a lot more fun places and drink more beers while you do it. And <laughs> yeah. When you when you talk about some of the sports psychology themes that that carry over into some of your students, I, I was that's what I was kind of interesting interested in asking you about as you were talking about. It. I was like, because ultimately, it's like I'm always interested in the idea of like what is similar. But that's really all I care about. Between people who play golf, we're all very different. And as far as yeah, come on in. Um, Max is coming in to take a couple photos, Chad. What's up, dude? You know, ultimately, it's like what, what, what among, what, what, you know, what are the flavors that are the same? What are the flavors that are different? So, what, I guess, really first, like what, what in golf was kind of the uh, our white legs over here, just ob steaks. You know, Um, 
You don't want to put your knees next to his knees. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're, I mean, have you measured the circumference of your knee? It's bigger than my head. I don't know. It's, it used to be even bigger. So Really? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll break out an old, a old picture. Oh, yeah. I have to see it. Yeah. I'm just be like, what the fuck is this guy? Like the bees hives knees. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, like, like, first of all, like, so what is the carryover there? That from golf that you take into your, you know, like initial training. Yeah. So I think golf as from like a sports psychology standpoint is the, the greatest challenge, the biggest, most challenging sport, because it gives you the most time to think about every aspect of what you're doing. And with that, the mo- time, the most time to overthink what you're doing. Right. <laughs> but it's successful golfers, I think, are so much about, you know, the process orientation versus goal orientation. Where in powerlifting, you know, when the goal is to lift the most weight or when I was throwing the shot, but the goal is to throw the farthest distance. But what are the things that go into creating that result in, you know, for powerlifting, it's nine lifts one day every four or five months. You have all this training building up to this, this one like peaked performance. Whoa. Where, Wait, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's, it's like more crazy than a triathlon. Um, in terms of like training, yeah, powerlifting is probably up there in terms of like the amount of training you do versus the amount of competing you do because the competing is so taxing on the body. And, and how long does the competition take? Well, Marissa will probably compete tomorrow for three hours. Oh, okay. And of that three hours, how much is under tension? Nine, nine lifts, like 27 seconds. Whoa. It's like a golf tournament. I mean, Tiger plays golf for four hours, hits the golf ball for 70 seconds. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. But, you know, so all, all of this, the idea of, of perfecting the process in golf and, and having this replicatable routine and I think like the, the even keel nature that you need to have to be successful is something that carries over really well to any other athlete is, I mean, I've, I've been very successful in a lot of sports. Golf is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and as dumb as it is for me to go to the golf course with these expectations, and then when they're quickly, you know, thrashed, that I got to remember, like, you know, that bad shot does not mean, does not have any bearing on the next shot being good or bad. Like, they're they're all happening kind of in this vacuum. Like, okay, you have a bad lie because of one bad shot, but a great shot doesn't mean the next one's going to be great. A bad one doesn't mean the next one's going to be bad. So to kind of restart that process every time is a really valuable lesson to any athlete. So when you're so many things, so many, so many options here of what to talk about. I honestly, I'm curious to know if you've heard about this study that was done in Russia. So apparently it was, um, do you, you remember hearing about this? I mean, you told me about this. I told you about it. So it's this study in Russia. It has to do with the mental side. So they took four Olympic weightlifters and they put them into four groups or, or a group and put, split it into four. Well, one group got mental training a little bit. One got more, one got more, and one got the only mental training, no physical training. And the group that got only mental training had more of an impact. I guess you haven't heard that based on I, the way your face is. Yeah, I've, I've not heard of that. But I Do guess they also get a shitload of steroids in the meantime because the no yeah. the no physical training part that yeah. was that was <laughs> the control that was the control group the yeah. control group just got the steroids. Well, it's, here's an interesting one actually, and so this was told to me by um, uh, a guy named Chris um, in Oregon, who's the world uh, speed golf champion, um, and he was telling me the story about how again another weightlifter story is that before the weightlifter went out, the trainer said, "You got this." you already lifted this before and they went out and lifted it. And then afterwards the trainer was like, actually you hadn't and no one has, you just lifted the most amount of weight anyone's ever had. Is that true? Are all these anecdotal weight? Do they know that I'm never going to check? <laughs> I, I did that in middle school track. Actually, no, I, there was a kid on my track team middle school who was the long jumper and he maxed out at around 13 feet. And this is like, we're in sixth grade. Yeah. And the, this guy came from Bloomfield, the neighboring school and they would always beat us in track and someone jumped 15 feet right or or something around there and i went up to him and i was like hey man someone just jumped 17 feet 
So you have to beat that. You have to beat that. And I know you can do it. And he went out and jumped 16 feet, which was just enough to win. Right. He came back super dejected. He was like, oh, I tried. And I was like, no, you won. You won. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So I think it works. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, that that part is kind of almost like the like a four-minute mile yeah. situation. Like once people know that it's it's possible, then you know, then they are able to to make it happen them, themselves once whoever can break through that barrier first. But the, the, I'd be in, I got, I got to see more on this, the four different groups of, of weightlifters study. Yeah. I mean, I'm quoting a study that I can't find any <laughs> notes on, but, but as far as you're concerned, I mean, how does belief play into something that ultimately comes down to just whether you have the power or not? When golf, you can get lucky. Yeah. I mean, you can scrape it around you can hole out from 200 yards and you can make a couple putts and come in under par and beat your mate. But in, in weightlifting and in the things that you're talking about and jujitsu and all this stuff, like it's like you either can do it or you can't. Yeah. Certainly powerlifting. There's no way to luck your luck, your way into a successful lift. You're not getting a cart path bounce. You're not getting a, a member's bounce or anything like that. Uh, but at the same time, there's no way that you're getting under, like a truly maximal limit weight for, you know, however much that is for whoever it is and thinking, I don't know if I can do this and then actually doing it. Like it just can't happen. It, you wait, 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 wait. Even if you physically could, what was the most amount you've ever lifted in any form? I squatted 970 pounds. <laughs> oh my God. Can we get some context on that? What things weigh 970 pounds? I mean, a Mazda Miata. You could pick up a Mazda Miata from the back, no problem, right? You could, no problem. Engine in the front. Yeah. So that, well, car deadlift is like a strongman event. Yeah. They have like a special kind of handle apparatus yeah, under it, like grabbing the bumper. The bumper just rip off. Yeah, it's a whole different <laughs> ball game. You'd probably get a couple of torn biceps with that. But yeah, with, with the strongman like handles, reps, Mazda Miata for 30. 30, 30 minutes? Oh, 30. Like 30 reps. 30 reps. Up and down. Just jacking the car off. Wait, wait. But you're saying so if one had the power to physically lift it but didn't believe they could. It's, at, like a, it. at like a truly limit performance of like a trained powerlifter or weightlifter, it, it would be very, very challenging and very, very surprising to me if, if someone w went in and made a successful lift. So now, have you taken that onto the golf course? I don't know if I'm as as good at translating that side of the the powerlifting, but you know, there's a lot of positive self talk. Okay. I, I use that. Uh, my my buddy always makes fun of me because I'm like, "Do you want me to put the golf affirmation app on?" It's imagine imagine golf. Have you ever used that? Yeah, yeah, the very kind of. Jim Nance esque right. voice telling telling you to be the ball or whatever it is, and if I hit a couple of shitty shots, I'm definitely putting it on in the cart and just like, okay, come on, positive thoughts, positive thoughts. Would you say personality wise, Chad, are you like a lot of your colleagues in the in your industry? I uh, think very very different. Yeah, yeah. You, that, that's why I wanted to talk to you because I just got that feeling. You're like a teddy bear. You're not. How do you see yourself as an animal? What's your spirit animal? Yeah, I mean it's it's got to be somewhere in the in the bear family. Yeah, and there, there's we have a whole other side business called JuggerBear.com, but that's not animal related. Okay, what is that? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> got it. More of a two a.m. kind of thing. No, got got to pay the bills, Eric. Got to pay the bills. A uh, lot of content. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> okay, so um, but. So, so on the golf course, what, what, tell me about your game, right? Like what, what's your handicap? What are you doing? What are you working on? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I'm just under a 10 handicap. Um, you know, I mentioned I had to, had a back surgery, uh, beginning of 2021, January, 2021, a microdisectomy, same as tiger. Um, there we go. Yeah. You know, Did you, do you have a problem getting your glutes activated? <laughs> there was definitely some glute issues. <laughs> Uh, so prior to the back surgery, I was, I could hit the ball pretty, pretty far then. Not like long drive contest kind of far, well, but it's pretty far. Come on. Get, let me, I want a number. What's your longest drive? 
longest drive, uh, like on the simulator where I know like, all right, this is flat and totally legit carry like 315. Cool. That's, that's a big drive. Yeah. And the one I was most proud of, I hit a seven, my seven iron on the simulator carried 207. That's pretty good. And 245 carry four iron. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's long. That's the most impressive for me, I think. That's a long, okay. Four iron. Oh God, it used to be sweet. But is that, is that what motivates you in golf? Is it distance or is it, what is it? Something else? So pre-back surgery, I was definitely like, yeah, I'm going to swing as hard as I can and hit it as far as I could. And then I had this back surgery and my physical therapist asked him like, all right, do you want to come back? You know, what are you most focused on? Lifting, jujitsu? I was like, no, I, I need to be able to play golf. So let's make a golf oriented rehab plan. So I had like, you know, my exercise and stuff I had to do, but also, all right, this week, you can only, you know, hit shots up to 30 yards. Oh, wow. And then the next, you know, do that for two weeks, then two weeks up to 60 yards, and then two weeks up to 90 yards, and had that kind of progression, which, yeah, ended up being two, two and a half months or something, not hitting anything more than like 120 yards. Right. And then I came back and started playing, and I was like, well, I'm, I'm much better now. You know, I have to club up every iron and stuff compared to what I was doing before. But the part where, you know, you actually get the ball in the hole, I got a lot better at. Interesting. By dialing it back. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best rounds I ever played was like I was playing in the wind and um, I just one club up, smaller swing. And I just I like easy 78 or something. One of the early round of golf for me. And I was like, oh, wow, I was, haven't haven't used that information since then. But uh <laughs> Golf is so like weird like that, right? Like it's like it kind of lures you into the pit of snakes. Yes. If I if I design if I was a golf course designer, I think I would make every course have like a very gettable par five on eighteen, because then you can have as shitty around as possible. You go make a birdie. They're coming back for more. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a really smart idea. It's kind of like uh, just it's a, wow them in the end. You know, give, don't make it hard in the end. Yeah. The last thing. You, yeah. It's like the first hole needs to be really, really hard. Like a 300 yard. Oh, no, three. no. Come on. I know what's going on here. Eric's biggest fear is birdieing the first hole. He <laughs> he wants every hole to be birdie proof. Yeah. That's what's going yeah. on. I just wanted to, you know, you're supposed to make a course just called 18 bogeys. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite 18 you ever played? Oh yeah. Good question. Favorite, so my, my home course now is, is Pelican Hill in Sick. Newport Beach. And so I became a member there in like November. Oh, what a beautiful, what a piece of paradise. Yeah, it was really nice. And growing up in Orange County, becoming a, a member there, I was like, I've made it. This is success. I, it is. I am success now. Uh, so that's that's probably my you know my favorite my favorite spot. The twenty the pandemic you know put a damper on a lot of kind of golf trips that I. Wanted to have, but I'd say out, outside of a Pelican, uh, we're in Cabo last year and played Twin Dolphin. Okay. Which is uh, Fred Couples' yeah. course and really fun course, really fun experience. I'm talking like what looks like a maintenance cover and then the caddy goes over and it's actually an in-ground cooler with Don Julio, chilled Don Julio shots in it. So Twin Dolphin, definitely up there. That's classy. Yeah. So you... So, I mean, you, I'm beginning to realize that you didn't just get into golf in 2019. You like went down the rabbit hole head first. Oh yeah. Yeah. And at what point did your friends start to say, Chad, what's going on with the golf bug? So my, my internet friends, powerlifting friends, they're just like, bro, do you even lift anymore? I'm like, eh, sort of. I was like, dude, look at this TBT video, though, when I used to be strong. And I was like, I'll just keep living off of those. But my friends that I actually see, you know, every day, every week, they're not powerlifters. They're like lawyers and that kind of stuff. So they're like, yes, this is awesome. Let's play as much golf as we can. Right. And so when you when you started playing more and more, like what was kind of like the highlight? Was there a hole in one? Was there something that grabbed you? You know, because. I think for me, like early on, like I was lucky enough to in the first two years, like break 80 and get a hole in one. And that's, I'm still kind of riding that. <laughs> and it's been eight years since then. Just keep chasing that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so my, 
my best friend, he's got two, two sons of five, five and four. And the five-year-old is doing his little golf camp thing. So they, he starts like 25 yards out from the pin and he almost made a, a hole in one. His first like nine hole thing that they did. I was like, I would have punched that little piece of first round. Yeah, that's not fair. Yeah, you don't, but he didn't make it, so Luckily, I, I didn't have to hit a child. Thank God for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely now, no on the whole hole in one. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think it was just such a different challenge than all the other sports that I've done before. That it, I think that really just grabbed me because it was not. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't something that I could just work harder at and get better necessarily because i almost feel like that hurts me <laughs> sometimes uh oh, physically for your back no like because i'll go and practice a lot and then put this unreal you know pressure expectation on myself and then but kind of chasing that feeling at the start but now that i've learned to manage that a lot better now it's just like yeah it's fun and then you know make some good shots and hit some bad ones and Sometimes drop another ball there and go for it again, or right, yeah, yeah. The the dropping another ball is such a nice parachute. Well, I guess I guess my question for you, Chad, then would be, and maybe we should talk more about this after the break. But you're a former professional athlete, like no other way to put it. Do you consider yourself a, an ultra competitive person? Uh, no, no. The at least not not in the context of golfing, in. I think that's part of why I like it so much because it's kind of allowed me to escape that part of my personality, which definitely existed in powerlifting, definitely existed in track, definitely existed exists in in my business. But in golf, it's just something for me to have fun and you know be with the people that I love and and enjoy that time. Yeah, that's what I think is so fascinating because that's the vibe I got. Right. But you see so many former professional athletes take the golf course and they're cutthroat. Like it's that's yeah. what they're attracted to about it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like you're kind of using golf as what it was designed to do, which is just be a fucking pastime, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you know, it started with some guys with like some rocks on a goat field or, you know, and they were like, let's just hit this thing around while we're waiting for the goats to just get over here <laughs> or the sheep or whatever. And you're doing that because you already have satisfied that competitive atmosphere of your life, right? Yeah. The, uh, you know, as I kind of transitioned from powerlifting and then start doing jujitsu. I, you know, got more into it, more into it, lost a bunch of weight from, from powerlifting. I was like, Oh, now it's time to compete in jujitsu. So let's train six days a week and do extra strength and conditioning for this. And when my buddies want to go play golf, oh, I can't play, you know, I'm, I, I gotta be ready to train tomorrow or whatever. And I was just like, well, now I just made this into powerlifting. I just made it another job. Right. Like, I already got a job. Uh, do stuff that's that's fun. So then I cut jiu-jitsu back two, three days a week. I had then my body not hurt too much so that I could then go play golf a couple times a week and and just become like a professional hobbyist. It's so funny to hear you say that because I was I was playing golf yesterday with some guys and you know I was kind of like r- r- picking the ball up kind of like oh yeah that's good or you know just like I was there definitely just for the experience and, um, you know, they were kind of grinding a little bit more or whatever. And it was a nice day. I I really enjoyed my time out there and it was actually one of the nicer rounds I played in a while and just felt really pleasant. It was a beautiful day. It had just rained. The greens were really specially green. Um, and, but I realized like, oh yeah, dude, like uh, golf is sort of the constant of my life. It's kind of like water. You know what I mean? Like I need it, but like, I also am not like, searching for the perfect cup of water or something this doesn't make complete sense but like i'm not making a putt will do nothing it will do nothing in my life i will get no satisfaction that i couldn't get elsewhere it's kind of like did you actually this is interesting did you hear the um did you hear the quote from joel Dahman about um someone said uh, how will winning this tournament change your life yes i did do you remember his answer um he said it's not it's not going to change my life it's going to Change, you know, like change my golf career, maybe something like that, right? Yeah, I thought that was really insightful. And I feel like probably also pretty rare. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think you have a guy like that who's gone through something so much more, so much bigger than, uh, you know, hitting a ball into 72 little holes. He's got a totally different perspective that like a lot of other people can probably do well to learn from. Yeah. Yeah. Perspective comes a lot into the game. And I think in order to enjoy it more, because I, I, when I started, I got really down into this thing where it was like just performance. And like, it was, it was like, it was the one thing that I was going to use to prove to the universe that my, that I was supposed to be here, that I mattered, you know, or, so, or like, or that I was good at something. You know, I think, I think a lot of golf addiction kind of comes from that, like desire to prove, do, do you know, but you don't seem to have that at all. No, and maybe I just have come to the realization that I'm just never going to be that good. So, right. <laughs> uh, I'm like, my thought actually after I, after you started talking was like, oh, maybe I just need to go like gain 140 pounds <laughs> and then I have nothing to prove. Wait, is it kind of fun for you when people like, do people ever, no one tries to fuck with you? No, not really. But I, I, I mean, I, I train like some professional MMA fighters and stuff and somehow I managed to just endlessly talk shit to them. Because I know that they're not going to do anything about it, <laughs> but then then sometimes they'll kind of you know like shadow box at me a little bit. I'm just like, I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because they could they could actually damage you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Have you ever been in a real fight? Yes. Not in a not in a uh, in a setting. Correct. What? When? Where? Who? Hawaii? How? A few, a few occasions in, a few. In, in my youth. I'll just say headbutt is my go-to move. That's that's the my Mortal Kombat finishing move. And I don't even know if I'm allowed back into the city of Knoxville, Tennessee. Just but, too many headbutts. Just saying. What? I don't know if I can go back. Did you do you gave you gave one headbutt and then it was just like game over? Yes. Wow. There's an impression on like a concrete wall out there. It looks exactly <laughs> like his head. That's impressive. I've never headbutted anyone. Yeah. Have you ever headbutted anyone, Jojo? I headbutted my brother and I got in so much trouble. <laughs> it, was, it was right after. Do you remember the uh, the French it- Italian World Cup in 2006? Oh, Zidane. Zidane headbutts um, the Italian center central defender and gets kicked out of the game. And I went home and headbutted my brother. And then I got put in. Like, like un- un- unprovoked. Me or is it not? <laughs> you unprovoked. You just went home and you yeah, were just like, I'm going to try this on I, you. I was like, you know, when, when people do bad things on TV and the question is like, oh, no, like, you know, now that's a bad example. Like Will Smith, you know, Will Smith just slapped someone on stage. So the question is, is that setting a bad example for kids? Yeah. The answer is, in my case, yes. Yeah. As a kid, I would have walked home and slapped my brother. And I've been like, I saw Will Smith do it. Was it a younger brother or an older brother? No, of course. Older brother. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Taller, kind of like your brothers. Yeah. I, I feel like, though, that brother-on-brother violence, especially headbutting your older brother, it was, you know, if you're looking at the full, like, tab that they're keeping. I'm sure he deserved it for something. Oh, yeah. Maybe okay. not in that moment, but... I'm clipping that and sending that to my mother yeah. actually right now. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. I have it on record that it was justifiable. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, when you go out with your buddies, oh, I'll, I'll cover this one. Uh, you guys get the next one. Like, it all shakes out in the end. Yeah. A little brother-on-brother violence. It all shakes out in the end. Do you think Will Smith would have slapped you on stage? Probably not. No. He would have been like... It, would, do you think he would have yelled? Did you think about that? No. Were you like, he's just picking on Chris? No, didn't, didn't cross. I mean, I I didn't see it happen live. So I just saw, saw the replays and whatnot after. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't believe, is this, uh, first thought was like, is this real? I think that was Chris Rock's first thought too. He thought he was coming up there to like, you know, headlock him and give him a noogie or something. And then. Yeah. He didn't. It all happened so fast. Yeah. All right, folks, I want to introduce you to a brand that I'm using and I'm loving right now, Gooder. Uh, I actually do, uh, I've known the Gooder guys for years, actually. And um, I finally got some in the office here. And I mean, we all loved them. We got we got a couple pairs. The cool thing about Gooder is that for $25, you can get a pair of glasses. And they're polarized as well. Um, and they don't fall off when you swing. No slip, no bounce, all polarized, all fun, all polarized. Some of the glasses feel differently about the same subject. Is that what it means? Yeah, it means that it's like Crossfire, CNN, Gooder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I wear these glasses, you wear those glasses. Um, Sergio Garcia is wearing them. Yeah, I saw him wearing them at match play. It's kind of fire. That's pretty sick. Uh, go to gooder.com slash EAL show for 15% off your entire order. That's www.goodrdot.com. What? Yeah, <laughs> I fucked that up. <laughs> anyway, EAL show at checkout. Um, Gooder sunglasses are built with golf specific lens technology and the HD contrast performance without the hefty price tag. This episode is brought to you by Eight Sleep, but even more than that, my fucking restful experience is brought to you by Eight Sleep. Okay, here's the deal. Eight Sleep, it's basically got like a water reservoir that keeps the bed cold. Not only is it a dope-ass foam mattress, mm-hmm. I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's not a cheap mattress. So in converse to our previous ad read, where I like light prices, I also like things that are insanely technologically advanced, which Eight Sleep is. Um, you're going to fall asleep faster, which is my experience. They sent me one. I was really blown away with making it. Jojo, you helped me set it up. Yeah, I set it up. Yeah. You set it up. I you help you helped me set it up. I helped you in the sense that I asked you if you could do it. And then I, I did I did help, though. Absolutely. Yeah. Moral you, support. You brought the blade. The blade. <laughs> the Just to give you a picture, the mattress comes in a tiny box, actually, and it unfolds this big foam thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a cable that comes out that's like, Keanu Reeves in the Matrix. It's like this brain thing that plugs into a computer and it like gets Wi-Fi. It's the craziest thing ever. I wanted to ask you, did you have any dreams so far in your eight sleep experience? I've had the craziest dreams. Like literally, I've been dreaming. I dreamt about me and my golf that we went to Mozambique. I dreamt that like I fell in love with my life coach. I've had, I also dreamt that I was dying. Like it's really an incredible pathway of things that I've dreamt about. Basically, I go dream now and I live another life. All right, so for $100 off, uh, head over to 8sleep.com slash E-A-L show. That's 8 spelled out, E-I-G-H-T. Check out the Pod Pro. I mean, honestly, I it's like I can't really. The thing is, if we meet in person, I'm probably going to talk to you about the 8 Sleep. So this is like sort of an ad, but also sort of like this thing's fucking rad. So just like figure it out. Get over to 8sleep.com. They're going to ship to U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Uh, sorry if you're not in one of those three places. And if you are, congratulations, because you can get an eight sleep bed today. All right, DraftKings, folks. Golf season is in full swing. Get in on all the action on the fairway with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can get at $5. $5. That's two tacos on golf's first major and get $25 in free bets for every birdie. Bryson DeChambeau sinks in the first round. Ooh, Bryson's in on it. That's, that's actually a pretty good deal. Hang on. So you get $5. You can bet $5 and you can get $25 in free bets. Oh, so every time Bryson makes a birdie, you can get $25 to bet wow. with. DraftKings is betting on Bryson Wait, not to make that could be birdies. hundreds of dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of money. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still join the excitement on the course with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. And uh, this week, new customers can get their first deposit and play for free for the million-dollar prize. Anyway, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Unlike Quadriga CX, check out that Netflix movie. Yo, that guy fucked over like thousands of people, hundreds of millions of dollars, but not DraftKings. You can get your money whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code EAL Show. Bet $5 on Golf Search Major and get $25 in free bets for every one of Bryson's birdies in the first round. Ah, the first round. Yeah. Join the action now with the code EAL Show and only at DraftKings Sportsbooks. 21 and over, and restrictions do apply. So get away from those restrictions and bet on yourself with DraftKings. Well, I guess you're going to bet on other people, but whatever. All right. Every plate. It's America's best value meal kit. We all know that. Let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. You can choose from 17 delicious weekly recipes and then, well, you're going to sit back. And then what are you going to do? You're going to decide that you have a set of skills that only you have. I'll find you and I'll cook you food. It's a good bet. It's a, it's <laughs> it's a really good bet. <laughs> <laughs> it's late on a Friday, I'll, folks. I'll, I'll find yeah. you and I'm going to cook you one of 17 delicious weekly recipes. And I'm going to help you save money. I'm going to reduce food waste. Like that bag of mixed greens that you throw out almost every week. As a result... Every plate is going to give you 25% cheaper than every grocery in the world. 
That may not be true, but anyway, it's the most easiest way to eat affordably. I mean, the cool thing about every plate is the price point, right? It's there's a lot of meal kits out there, but every plate at a dollar seventy nine per meal, it's a little insane. Like Liam Neeson goes about thirteen minutes into taking one, two, and three. Watch them all in one night. Every plate, your ass, you got a date and a half. I've never seen the second and the third. Does he make the same speech? What? <laughs> Does he make the same speech? What? Well, I've assumed that someone gets taken again. <laughs> yeah, they do. And it's it's as good, if not better. It's one of the... Google it. Google, Google how what good... What am I Googling? Google, how good is taken two? Yeah, Google is taken two or three better. What's the best taken? How do the takens rank up? Like what? who took the best? Well, we'll be back to the every plate ad in a second. But first, we're going to... We're going to look into a certain sense. Oh, of that can't be right. They're yeah, saying Taken 3. Taken 3 is the best, bro. And Taken 1 is second. Taken. And Taken 2 is third. Let's play the speech. I want to hear the speech. Here we go. Taken speech. Nine million views. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I want to talk about every plate. <laughs> I have 17 meals for you. But what I do have is 17 meals. a very particular set of skills. Very particular set of meals. I can cook like a fucking badass. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. A nightmare. If you let my daughter go Wait, now, is he talking to the grocery right now? <laughs> is he talking to the Whole Foods delivery service? <laughs> but if you don't, I will look for you. I will look for you and I will find I you. I will find you. I will find you. And I'll cook you some delicious meals. <laughs> cook you a dollar seventy nine of food. Um, well, one thing Liam Neeson will do is he'll go to everyplate.com and enter the code EALSHOW179, and uh, he's going to get started by just paying $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code EALSHOW179. That's up to $104 in value. Have we broken the law by connecting Liam Neeson with an ad read? Yeah. No, we haven't. He's, but you know what that means? He's going to come and find us. Is he going to find me? And he's going to go on the pod. He's going to be... What if he shows up wearing an every plate shirt? <laughs> <laughs> what if he's like, your read was good? That's the idea. Is we're just trying to have fun. So back to the conversation. Back to Chad. Okay. So um, I'm kind of curious to know, like, do you, you define yourself as a content creator as well? Uh, yeah, not as, not as much any, anymore, but yeah, we have 300,000 some on, uh, on YouTube and most of it, I always used to say, cause th there's a lot of fitness YouTube people who are full of shit. Um, let's go. <laughs> You're going to get slapped at the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that there, there's coaches, I used to say that, like there's, there's people who coach on the internet and then there's coaches who put stuff on the internet. And I always wanted to be in the latter group of that. Sure. That I wasn't, you know, just creating content for clickbait or anything like that, but I was living it every day and just sharing that information. Cause I, I was fortunate coming up, uh, you know, in high school track, throwing the shot put and everything that I didn't really have a coach, uh, in high school. And then once I got a coach, he was not usually with me at the competitions. He was just coaching me during the week. Right. So I, I went to a very academic high school. So I also didn't have any of my like high school teammates were not at the competitions I was at either. Right. So I just sort of like latched on to these other teams and I was like, Oh, they have a good coach. I am writing my own training program when I'm 15, 16. So let me ask this coach as many questions as I could. And they were gracious enough to you know, share with me. So I just wanted to share that kind of same stuff with, people who may be in a similar position to I was when, I mean, I started jogging out when I was 20, 22. Uh, right. But yeah, you know, those young coaches. That's how Rick Shields got to start. You know, he was just trying to book lessons and use, and was like, I'll go on YouTube to see if I can book some lessons. And now is millions of subscribers yeah, on that's YouTube. That's gone pretty well for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he really, you know, he's a very personable and likable guy. Um, so, you know, he just kind of went with that. But, um, yeah, because I think as far as, like, the, the like, the idea of helping as many people as possible, what was what was that your mission? Or what was kind of your goal back then of being a, a coach who uses YouTube? Yeah, so when we really made the transition from just in-person 
sport performance coaching. Uh, when we opened in 2009, did really just that 2009, 10, 11, and 12. And then about September 2012, I moved out of the first gym location I had. And I had written an ebook uh, before that. And I was like, oh, this book is doing pretty well. And I don't have to pay rent to sell it. So that's cool too. So I was like, let me, let me see about this. Let me see about this internet thing. And from 2012, September 2012 to September 2013, like 10x our, our monthly traffic. Um, you know, started writing a ton of articles. YouTube stuff got bigger a little bit later to 2014, 2015. But once we really changed our business from in-person coaching to content creation and education, yeah, the, the mission became to you know, provide the most effective tools to help athletes and coaches reach their goals. And there was a lot of times where as we were doing that, you know, we're making a little bit more technical content, say that we're like the PBS of fitness YouTube, that it wasn't like the sexiest. It wasn't the, you know, always easiest to digest. It was 25, 30 minute videos instead of five minute videos kind of thing. But yeah, I wanted to give people the context and be descriptive rather than prescriptive about a lot of the stuff. Cause there's so much, and the same thing could even be in, in golf that people are trying to give these, these just one size fits all solutions. And it very rarely is that where someone who wants to explain the context of why, you know, one swing thought might work for, for you, Eric, and not for me, or, you know, just different shapes to our bodies were built slightly differently for the people just listening. <laughs> um, you know, understanding that context goes so, such a long way to help you understand how to not just fix that problem you might be having now, but other problems down the road. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, definitely like content. Uh, you know, I was talking about yesterday with someone about like how the camera becomes like larger than just a product, right? It becomes like a, like a group of people. Um, I mean, so what's like next for you? Yeah. So our, our business now is pretty much built all around our apps. We have a juggernaut AI app and a juggernaut BJJ app. The juggernaut AI is kind of our flagship and that's a expert system, artificial intelligence, which creates a totally individualized program for powerlifting, weightlifting, all that kind of stuff where you tell it about yourself, uh, things that are knowable, like as a coach, Things that once I know that about someone, I know, do they need more work, less work, heavier, lighter, more of this type of training, more of that type of training, less frequent training, more frequent training. Things like gender, age, height, weight, strength, experience, all of that is informing me as a coach. And then our app, the expert system, recreating the decision making of an expert, me, uh, of how to design their program. And then every day they answer a little questionnaire. How did you sleep last night? How was your diet? Stuff like that. And it keeps tweaking it and tweaking it and individualizing it more and more. So that's you know, really what our business is about. And then just creating content to support that, to help people maximize their use of it. So that's, that's what we're doing now. We got just additions to that app, the Juggernaut BJJ app, which is strength and conditioning for jiu-jitsu. We'll add MMA, boxing, wrestling to that. And then, uh, but what I really want to do is actually start doing content more like what you do, but in, in the, you know, that weird Venn diagram that I exist in of strength, sports, golf, jujitsu, our you know, business entrepreneurial world and doing content like podcasting type of content with people from all those different places. But not, you know, because I, I used to do a podcast called the Jug Life Podcast, and we were doing pretty well with it. And then I was like, I don't want to ask another person about how they train their squat. Like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. I already know the good way to do that. But to to start talking to those kind of people about the stuff away from their competitive life and doing some of that, you know, on a golf course, whether it's like taking, you know, a strength coach friend of mine and let's go play golf and the golf just kind of be in the backdrop to that conversation or go train jujitsu with one of my buddies and the, you know, the conversation kind of in between, but 
that's what I'd really like to do. I just need to take the leap into doing it. Is Chad going to replace you as the podcast host? Dude, I would love that. I mean, I would love that. Should we get the Willie Wonka I don't want to do golden it. ticket? <laughs> well, I'm actually just thinking like, what I'm hearing is like, you've really done a good job of listening to yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's hard to do. It's hard to stop doing things that you're already doing. I don't know. It's like, I mean, maybe just for me, I don't know. Not that I want to stop doing adventures in golf, but Chad, if you want to do it, just let me know. Well, I mean, I get on a breaking series. We'll see what the, Yo, what the audience thinks. Dude, let's do it. Let's do, let's do it. All right. So, um, let's see, like, what would you shoot at? Um, what would you have shot at the U S open at the pebble at pebble? Are you looking for 90? I mean, we're about the same. You're a little, you said you're just under 10. Yeah, like a, not, like just under ten, like nine point eight, nine point nine 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 nine. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably be more of a break breaking a hundred yeah. there. But then after I watch the sawgrass one, I'm like, who knows? Depends. Who knows? Dude, that'd be fun. How much longer are you in town for? I'm. We're just here until tomorrow. Okay. But, Dang. But as a man who works on the internet, got a pretty flexible schedule. I like it. I was thinking it'd be fun to do a match. Because we're about to say I'm like a seven, yeah. but I'm not playing that well right now. I'd, I'd be that'd be interesting. No, no, you you did well at the the Austin Country Club. At one. I shot ninety. That's not that good. The place is hard. Yeah, okay. I like you, man. This is good. <laughs> you should make an app. You, I mean, uh, yeah, that's interesting. I would like that would be fun. We should do that. I think a breaking series of three different kinds of professional athletes. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. It sounds like you're talking, it's like a setup for a joke. <laughs> a weightlifter, a YouTuber. <laughs> you're a YouTuber also. Uh, uh, Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, he's that also. <laughs> a weight, <laughs> it's just, it's just, just, it's just Chad. Chad I, just take, I take three shots off every <laughs> spot. I bet I'll hit one of them good. <laughs> um, yeah. So what would be the three athletes that you would want to see compete on the golf course? I mean, for for YouTube purposes, I think if you're getting, you know, like a professional football player, professional baseball player, professional basketball player is probably at the... That'd be sick. Wow. Peak. He's even like taking himself out of it for the sake of the content. That's Chad, sick. do you want to be a producer? <laughs> baseball, basketball, football. That'd be so good. I know Justin Herbert plays Pelican a lot. He made a hole in one a couple weeks ago. Uh, who's Justin Herbert? What does he play? The Chargers quarterback. Justin Herbert's like okay. future of the league. And I got yeah. Jake Arrieta. He wants to play. Cubs pitcher. JJ Reddick. Oh my God. The Jays. JJ, Justin, and Jake. Okay, now we just need to get them in the same place at the same time. <laughs> Say goodnight. That'll never happen. They got private jets and stuff. Do they? They just fly on their own. They figure it out. Justin Herbert is the quarterback for the Chargers. Yeah. So I know, um, do you know Scott? Um, I can't remember his name. I know his Instagram handle, Scooty Skew. Scooty Q. I, I, I do not. He's the center. Okay. So he's Justin Herbert's best friend. They are. I, I played center in high school, and it is a bond that no other two straight men can have. <laughs> yeah. Basically, bend over <laughs> and give me the ball. <laughs> is that okay? It's very intimate. Yeah. It's very intimate. Yeah, because, I mean, it, so so as a center... What, how do you really judge your own uh, efforts? Like how well you block the guy? It's, it's mostly blocking. Yeah. You don't, you don't, snapping is easy. Yeah. I mean, especially under, under center, like shotgun snap has got a little bit more to it. But once yeah. the guys are playing in the NFL, it's like, if you screw that up, you're really in trouble. Really? What about uh, snapping to the kicker? That, yeah, long snapping, that's a long snap. Those guys, they could do some party tricks for sure. You could, you know, put a apple on top of your head and they knock it off. They just have precision. Oh yeah. So precision and size. That's kind of a rare talent. Yeah, that's just such a specialized job. And it's the kind of job, you know, where you want none of the fans to know your name because they're never going to talk about you unless you unless you that. screw up. Yeah. Whoa. It's like editing. We say that a lot and we make videos like at good editing you don't notice. That's so interesting. The long snap. So when uh, do you, do you, what else? What do you got, Joe? Do you got anything? I know best, best professional athlete golfer that I know is Robbie Gould is the kicker for the 49ers. 
Oh he, yeah, yeah. He's he's like a legit scratch. He came guy. into the. Um, well, he was in the. Uh, he was involved in the win, the last win, right, or the last. No, but he yeah. he almost made it to the game. He, he almost he was, made he was in the um, Western Conference Finals. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, that makes total sense. He, I, that dude is ice in his veins. Yeah, you know, like I think kick, kicking back to the sports psychology thing, you know, just tying it all back together. Kicking has got to be so much of the same because it's just this one action over and over. But uh, judge the wind. Yeah, what's the grass like? Yeah, and it's basically like you maybe have four moments in the game where you're active. Yeah. Three hour game, and you're probably part of one less than one minute. That's so crazy. I think, uh, I think besides the question I asked earlier, what I'm so interested in is you reached out to us and you reached out to Eric and you're like, Hey, I want to stop by the HQ. And you've watched some of the videos. And just now you mentioning, like, Hey, I'd love to do a breaking series. Is it's what about the stories that RGC is telling resonate with you like what do you want to see more of you know because we always want to take that feedback and then go make more stories yeah I mean well when I messaged I had no expectation of being on the podcast I was just like there you go hey, it I'll, happened yeah that's how it works like, don't really have anything to do on Thursday afternoon so uh, I love it <laughs> yeah um, I mean the the first thing that stands out about the the videos is the production quality is incredible Thank like you. they are beautiful even Marissa watch it with me and you know, that's really the only part of golf she likes. That's actually my favorite golfing that I do. We get like the last super twilight time at Pelican and it's just me and her and it's the best. Yeah. She thinks that I'm good sometimes other times where she's like, Oh, I was like, did you see that one? She's like, yeah, it went way right. And I was like, it's in the, it's in the rough. It's not yeah, way like, right. Let's talk about yeah. the language you use yeah. on the course. Yeah. It went right. <laughs> sure. But not way right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I just I I love that aspect of it. You know, in terms of wanting to be involved in it, selfishly, it's that the courses are awesome and yes, yeah. You know, I don't know that I'd always be getting an opportunity to play some of those. So that's the, that's my main you know ulterior motive. Yeah, with it, but yeah, I mean, it's just I guess same. It gives the 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 vibe that you get playing golf with your buddies. That it's. You know, they're there having fun and it's people from any, any background and golf is like this great, you know, like level playing field. So like something I like about jiu-jitsu as well. Like you go train jiu-jitsu, everyone puts a gi on. You don't know if some guy's rich or poor or, or whatever. Golf, maybe you could tell if they're rich or poor a little bit, but it's like you're, you're just out there and it's, it's this very equal, equal footing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely is. There's a video we want to make about like the millionaire who uh, can't buy, can't buy a stroke, <laughs> can't break a hundred. You know, he's got the, all the clubs, all the simulator, everything, and just like, just still a victim of his own inability, or her, his or her, them. I don't know. It'd be interesting. I would love to hear that. Yeah, I don't know who's going to volunteer to be that character, but yeah, we can't we can't tempt them with all of our money. <laughs> yeah, because it would take a great be someone who's really self aware. Yeah, yeah, or maybe not. Just they're like, yeah, we're like, well, I mean, to be clear, we would probably pitch it as we want. To, we think your golf game is incredible. We'd love to make a video about how incredible you are. We think you're just about to get over the hump. Yeah. And we want to be there. Yeah. yeah. The, the million dollar swing. It's just such a great name. Yeah. You know, the, that is a good name. The, the 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. Guy, the, the golfer. Yeah. Dan McLaughlin. Yeah. Yeah. From Portland. How did, how'd that turn out for him? He quit. Hey, he fucking quit. Did you hear, you know the story? This is the guy who said he was going to get to scratch in like yeah, a 10 year, years and 10,000 10, hours. He was just yeah. like, Oh, 10,000 hours. That's all it takes. And that's a very flawed study. Yeah. And the, the way that it gets presented, but yeah, a guy who had really never played golf. Never. No. So he's actually in an early episode of adventures in golf. <laughs> he's in Portland street golf, urban golf. Yeah. So, cause he lives in Oregon and so he's a lefty. And I think at that time in his game, he was working on, he was worked his way up to like a six iron or maybe he was on driver. But he basically started a lot like you were saying. It's like he started with um, putting and then chips and then pitches and then wedges and just kept moving back. And that's like kind of what they say that Tiger did, right? That Earl just kind of started him from the green backwards. Really? 
Uh, that's what I've heard. That's, that's what I've heard. Hold yeah. on. So when you talked to him, did he ever fall in love with the game? Um, I don't know. I If he did, he was not at that time. <laughs> he was on his way out. It was sort of a marred relationship. Yeah. It's funny because it, it, I'm laughing because it's still the opposite of the way I got into golf. So when I got into golf, all I had was a motorcycle and a driver. And I would just sit on my driver like I would put it on my motorcycle seat and just sit on it and ride to the driving range with my <laughs> plastic tee. And I'd just buy a large bucket of balls and just whack. I would slice drivers like 90 in a row and then go home and I'd be like, oh, that was a good workout. <laughs> Gross. Just like what an awful way to work out. You know, do you do any like do you do you when you go to the golf course, do you do any stretches? Yeah. I mean, post back surgery, I got I got to be pretty extensive. In uh, the warm-up stuff that I do, yeah, kind of bird dogs and dead bugs and the glute activation. Yeah, you know, are uh, you serious though? You really do want to activate the glutes? Yeah, uh, I mean the the terminology of activating the glutes is maybe a little bit flawed in, in that world, but uh, yeah, I mean it. They're, they're very glute glute strength and stability is very important to low back health. Okay. I guess, and and glued is squats, squats. Any anything where you're hinging at the hip, like deadlift type of yeah variation. Yeah, I did one the other day. I, so I got a tonal. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen those? I have. They look pretty sweet. It's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. And it has like so. I'm, have you heard of UGP? Yep. Yeah. They have one down by you. Yeah. And so I had my trainer from UGP make a workout for me on tonal, and so now I have this like impossible workout that he made for me where I was like, it, it takes me like an hour and a half and I'm just absolutely done, but it's got like dead bugs, marching glute bridge. Mm-hmm. I don't even know, like waiter March, like crazy workouts that like you can't really do just with some weights. Um, and it's fucking amazing. That's my ad sponsor us. They already do. That's why I have one. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Did I put? How did you get that? When did that happen? Uh, it, it, we they approached us. Huh. Yeah. So we did one video like a year ago, and we actually owe them another. So uh, hey, debt's been cleared. Did you just don't? Did you just hear this? Yeah. yeah. It, there's more. We got to make a video. Michelle Wee's involved with Tonal actually, because I was like talking to. Uh, I went into a store in Austin and they had the tonal and I was like, this thing's amazing. And I was like, how much is it? And he's like, it's three grand. And I was like, all right, well, I guess if you cross that against a gym membership, right, you could probably pay your money back in two years. And then he's like, well, yeah, it's also $50 a month. And I was like, that's insane. And then he was like, so do you have a Peloton? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, well, that's $50 a month. And I was like, dang it. I was like, that's also insane. When you hear these things, are you just like, oh, there's a better way? I, no, I mean, I, I see a lot of application for something like Tunnel. You know, the, uh, even the world of golf performance is kind of an interesting thing because it's so much newer to the culture of, of the sport. And you know, certainly Tiger was the one who brought that in. And you know, what I know of Tiger's training could have been a lot better. Probably a big reason why... He's dealing with a lot of the stuff he's he's dealing with now, but he was certainly the the groundbreaker of like lifting weights can help you play golf better. Yeah, and any anything that has a really repetitive movement like golfing, like swinging a baseball bat, like my sport background, throwing the shot put, hammer, discus, javelin, really lends itself to like these special strength exercise, like very specific exercises to those movement patterns where you can really see a high correlation between that exercise and your performance in the, in the sport. So it's, it's cool to see stuff like TPI and, and, and UGP and, and companies, you know, bringing high performance sport training to the golfer, uh, because it, especially since it's a, a population who has really never done anything like that, you know, a little bit goes such a long way. And I think people can get into that part of things and enjoy that as, you know, almost as much as they're enjoying golf and, and see a really fast benefit from it. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a a whole new thing. 
I will say the tonal. The cool thing is that you really can do that. Like you, the the different workouts that you can do are the 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 rotational. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. I don't do it that much, but I like it. Okay. Well, uh, before we go, I want to know what course you'd want to do the breaking series on. Ooh, good question. Mm. I'm not sure if it's well. So it's you guys need to have a it's a major championship course. Yeah. Right. Well, you've already done Pebble, so that that one's out. I could see like a like a Pinehurst. Oh baby, yeah, we just shot that. Oh ah. baby, coming out in two weeks. We could do Chambers Bay. Okay, Chambers Bay would be cool because they had the U.S. Open there. You're not the, uh, Chad's like, nah, fuck Chambers Bay. I want to do it at. You know, what would be cool is to do it at, down in like Quivara. That place is beautiful. We should do that. Whistling Straits. Oh, oh, that's a good one. This is a fun game. Didn't we? Would we do Hilton Head? Would you do that? Uh, yeah. What happened to that? I thought we were going to go there. Yeah, me too. Oh well. Could have just hit that right after, right off of Kiwa. Yeah, that was the goal. And how nice is Charleston, dude? It's such a beautiful town, and the Love muni it. there is great. Love it. Yeah, Chad. Thank you, man. That's been fun. Thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to playing golf. That's simply the simplest way to end this is I can't wait to see it. 